Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and we are looking at running through the checklist this week on Hope Is Here. Uh, based this off a book called After Amen, written by Rusty George about three years ago, and also what God has taught me about when I've been uh, praying and I've been waiting on God to answer one of my prayers. And uh, man, we just had a great week so far. If you missed the first two programs this week on Monday and Tuesday, would encourage you on our website, hopeitsheretoday.org. That's hopeitsheretoday.org. Or whatever platform that you listen to podcasts on, uh, we're on almost all of those, uh, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and also a reminder, we have a YouTube channel that most of our programs are on. So just simply type in Hope Is Here, and uh, sometimes you have to also add my name, Greg Horn, H-O-R-N, and hope that uh, you'll subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts or the YouTube channel. Uh, We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. But we kind of been running through a checklist of things that sometimes, you know, uh, doesn't mean that God doesn't love us less, but it may be hindering our prayers being answered by God. And uh, one of the things that we've been taking a look at with those checklists, four things that might keep us, uh, God, from answering our prayers as we prefer that they might be answered. Number one was unconfessed sin. We have unconfessed sin in our life and uh, just talked about that. Uh, secondly, we looked at yesterday about sometimes when we have an unforgiving spirit. Man, we're carrying grudges. We're not forgiving people, and uh, we we wrap. We we got almost got done. There's a couple quick things I do want to add about uh, having an unforgiving spirit. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 11 verse 25. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so you know that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Say that again. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. One version of this verse in the Bible, one translation uh, that I read, just basically Jesus said, forgive so that you will be forgiven. I'm not sure who has this original quote, but my friend Roy Stewart's one that I heard say it many years ago. He said, you know, Greg, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> we'll say that one more time. That's such a powerful quote that Roy shared probably over 10 years ago. And I've never forgotten it. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Friends, I want to encourage you today, man, if you need to forgive somebody, to, uh, in fact, you, know, you can stop listening to this program, all right? Or the radio, just turn it off. If you're listening on a podcast, watching on our YouTube channel, just pause it. You and God do some business, and uh, please forgive somebody that you have an offense against. A third thing that can kind of hamper, hinder our prayers, uh, and God answering them, is when we have an unbelieving heart. You know, we talked about the book of James earlier this summer. We kind of had a summer road trip we went on looking through the book of James. And I want to go back to look at chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. It says, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. 
So James here is telling us that, you know, while perfect faith is not required, faith nonetheless is needed. Faith that the one you're talking to has the power to answer that prayer. Charles Spurgeon, the great theologian, said, you know, unbelief will destroy the best of us, and faith will save the worst of us. I think we all wonder if what we pray for is something that God will answer, but that's different than wondering if God can answer. So i got to ask you today, do you believe that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and able to do all things? And, you know, sometimes, friends, I've, I've, I've had that challenge myself. I was meeting with a Christian counselor one time, and uh, they said to me, you know, Greg, you need to have the same kind of faith for yourself that you have for others. I said, you know, you've got this wonderful ministry called Hope is Here. Man, you encourage and challenge people uh, to have faith and to trust God at the highest and deepest level. And, you know, sometimes you just got to do that for yourself. And even though it stung a little bit, uh, I was thankful for that truth in love. And maybe today, uh, somebody, I'm, I'm encouraging you and I'm challenging you to uh, not have an unbelieving heart and just to stand in faith. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. A fourth reason that sometimes our prayers are hindered and from God answering them is uh, when we have improper motives. Okay, let's say it one more time. Sometimes our prayers are hindered from God being able to answer them because of improper motives in what we pray. Uh, you know, this one sometimes for me, in all honesty, is a little bit of a gut check. While God does want, want us to be honest and shoot straight, sometimes we ask with cross fingers thinking, if I can just get this, it will solve all my problems. <laughs> oh, friends, don't judge me. You do it too sometimes. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 3 says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And friends, that's one of the best things that I've ever done. That's, I owe this all to my mom, that I've always been a tither. And my mom modeled that for us as kids. My dad didn't become a follower of Jesus to almost 50, but he did allow my mom that they were in agreement that she could tithe. And uh, man, I've just done that. Ever, I can't remember when I didn't. Uh, even gave money out of my paycheck when I was a high school student uh, and worked at Food Town. And then college, uh, got promoted to assistant manager. And, you know, I just, I'm thankful I did that. And, uh, man, it just, it really helps me with my motives when I put God first in my finances. And maybe if somebody listening today, you, you, you kind of feel that prompting of the Holy Spirit that you need to start tithing and giving of your income to bless uh, church and other ministries. Uh, you know, an example of this might be a, a pro improper motive for prayers, uh, prayers like the along the lines of, can I get a date with her? Or if only I can win the lottery, or God help me win this game and crush my opponent so that I am the object of everyone's praise. Uh, you know, I'd say that tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, athletics, I mean, man, especially U.K. sports, they can become a kind of an idol, can't they? And, you know, many times for me, if I'm honest, my prayers are to limit my inconvenience or to help me save my credibility. My motives are lacking when it comes to my asking. And we've all been there, friends. I mean, you know, I pray for comfort. I mean, we do. We all like it, and yet uh, sometimes it's 
prayers with improper motives. A good way to test our prayer motives, though, is to ask, if God says yes, does this prayer make me look better or God look better? <laughs> Ouch, I want to say that one more time. A good way to test our prayer motives, and this is from uh, Rusty George in his wonderful book, After Amen. If God says yes, does that make me look better or make God look better? A fifth reason that sometimes God uh, maybe doesn't answer our prayers is uh, an alienated marriage relationship. Mm. Now I'm meddling. Fifth reason why sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers is an alienated marriage relationship. I mean, this is one that we like to overlook, but let's take a look at this passage from Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Now, friends, while there's much to unpack in that verse, the main point is that how we treat our spouse can impact how God hears our prayers. Back to Jesus, one commandment he gave us, to love others the way he has loved us. So if we are not doing that in our home, it can impact how we connect with God. Peter is saying here that your honesty and your humility impacts your prayers. If we want the joy of seeing and savoring God in Christ, we must not make peace with our sins. In fact, we must make war. The almost incredible hope of confessing and renouncing sin is that the Lord does not then rub it in our face, but cancels it. Francis Chan said, Our marriage problems are not really marriage problems. They are heart problems. They are God problems. Our lack of intimacy with God causes a void that we try to fulfill with the frailest of substitutes. Wow, that is so, so good. All right, only got two reasons left here and uh, not much time left, a little under four minutes, so put your seatbelt on, buck up, here we go. A sixth reason why sometimes our prayers are hindered and God doesn't answer them is that we just make an, an, an anemic effort. When we just make an anemic effort, I mean, there's something to be said about passionate prayers, isn't there? Acts chapter 12, verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. In James chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Wow. I mean, that's a powerful prayer, isn't it? A lot of you know the story about Jesus and the persistent widow. Jesus told the story about uh, to his disciples how they should always pray and should never give up in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And um, I don't have time to read the whole thing, but I hope you'll look up Luke 18 chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. But basically, Jesus said this widow kept going to the judge and repeatedly uh, wanting something and uh, just giving adjustments in the dispute. And the judge ignored her. But finally, the judge said to himself, he said, I don't even fear God or care about people, but this woman's driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. And Jesus basically told the disciples, learn from this unjust judge. 
Even he rendered a decision in the end that gave this lady her answer. And he said, don't, Jesus said, don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? And so I just want to encourage you with that, friends. Mark Batterson, a wonderful pastor, a great author of several books, uh, he uh, pastors church in Washington, D.C., says, most of us don't get what we want because we quit praying. We give up too easily. We give up too soon. We quit praying right before the miracle is about to happen. Oh, that's so good. Last but not least, one of the reasons that sometimes the Bible says that God uh, doesn't answer our prayers is the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. Romans chapter 9, verses 15 and 16 says, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not, therefore, depend on man's desire or effort, but on God's mercy. R.C. Sproul, a wonderful pastor, said, Most Christians salute the sovereignty of God, but they actually believe in the sovereignty of man. So, friends, i got to say to you today as we wrap this up, at the end of the day, we got to trust that God is in charge. The, don't always understand God, friends, but we can trust God. And what I do hope is here to encourage you, if maybe you're hopeless today, to be hopeful and know that God is with you. And you can trust him, even when you don't see him, when you don't feel him, and when you don't understand him. And I heard this quote from Philip Yancey many years ago given to me by a close friend. It simply says, but it's so powerful, I have learned that faith means trusting in advance what will only make sense in reverse. We'll say that one more time. Philip Yancey, I have learned that faith means trusting in advance what will only make sense in reverse. We're out of time today, but I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. My name's Greg Horn, and this is Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. If you have been blessed by Hope Is Here, would you consider making a donation to help this ministry continue to reach thousands in Central Kentucky every day? It's simple and safe. Go to our website at hopeishere.today where you can make a safe and secure online donation or you can find our address to mail a check. All donations are tax deductible and they are greatly appreciated. Please make your donation today at hopeishere.today. Again, that's hopeishere.today.